test, test, one, two, test. Welcome to the Relax and Go podcast. Today we're talking about the top 10 predictors of success, part three. If you haven't listened to parts one and two on the top 10 predictors of success, I encourage you to go back and listen to those and to kind of give some more meat and some background information for the list in general. Today we're focusing on numbers one and two, and it is uh, important to note that this is kind of in order. So, you know, number eight and number five do not contribute as much to success as numbers one, two, and three. Before we get going to numbers one and two, let's break down the list real quick, starting at number 10. The number 10 predictor of success in life, and again, it doesn't matter how you want to measure success. It doesn't matter what you're looking for, academic success, marital success, uh, sports success, whatever your definition for success is, experience. Getting out and being involved and doing the work and sometimes even failing, but learning while you're going is a big contributor to success. So gaining the experience, learning those lessons, falling down, getting back up, all of those things can be very important to contributing to your success. Nobody's going to be undefeated in the big picture, and sooner or later you're going to suffer a setback. You learn from the setback, and you don't make the same mistake. Number nine, balance. For balance, we're kind of talking about sometimes a work-life balance or a school sport balance or a family job balance. However you want to look at it, balance is very, very important. People that get too invested into one thing and they have no other outlets sometimes can struggle uh, to be successful and be happy. And they define that one thing that they're imbalanced towards as the only thing that matters. And if it's not going very well, then it can be depressive for some people. So having that balance is important. Number eight, education. So kind of similar to experience, going out there and getting yourself educated, getting yourself trained, getting a coach sometimes, learning some of the details of things and background of things for your chosen measure of success. Sometimes we can do this in school. Sometimes we do this in trade uh, programs. Sometimes we do it through, unfortunately, things like, I say unfortunately because I'm a teacher, but unfortunately things like Wikipedia or Google. Google has all the answers, my students sometimes tell me. So getting out there and getting educated and learning about what it is you're trying to do. Number seven, self-awareness. Do you know who you are? Do you know how to be successful? Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Are you somebody who works better with groups? Are you somebody who's a little more introverted and would rather work on a solo project? How well do you know yourself? If you know you're a procrastinating slacker, then make plans and you know develop better habits to avoid that so you are in a better position to be successful. One of the... Uh, what I think is one of the bigger pieces of research and body of research in academic success is people who use planners. People who use planners and within those planners make to-do lists typically defined and are measured to be more successful than those that don't. Number six, and not even in the top five, is intelligence. 
there are a lot of very smart people who are not very successful because they've used their intelligence as a crutch. They've uh, fallen back on that smart label that they've been given. So they think they can pull off the all-nighters. They think they can do it all at the last minute. They think that because of their intelligence, it gives them some kind of edge to allow them not to worry about things. And I'm not going to argue. That is probably true when we're talking about in high school and maybe even some parts in college. But I always make the argument, sooner or later, you're going to start competing and bumping heads for people that want the same thing you want, whether it's a job or a particular uh, program that you're trying to get involved in or some promotion or a spot on a team. That sooner or later, you're going to run into people that can match you brain cell for brain cell and it's going to come down to who works harder. And when you have always used intelligence as your crutch, sometimes you don't know how to work. And when you find somebody who you're going against, even if they're a shade or two, one or two points less than you on an IQ score, but they know how to grind and they know how to work, you're in trouble. You're going to have to change quickly. And I've noticed over my 20 plus years of teaching and, and coaching that that change does not come easy. In many cases, it comes too late. By the time they realize what they need to do, because they are smart, it's too late. They've already missed the promotion. They've missed the starting spot on varsity. They're already out, and they're going to have to kick and scrape and fight to get back to where they were because they got outworked. They got out-hustled. They found uh, somebody. They bumped into somebody who could match them brain cell for brain cell, and they were found lacking in the work ethic. Number five, a support system. Do you have people that are invested in your success, people that are trying to help you? I've always made the argument that students that are in high school will probably never truly find a more altruistic, uh, you know, in terms of people that are helping because they want to help, support system than in high school. I've been teaching for a long time, and I rarely run into teachers that are not willing to help students many times over. You know, whether it's your parents, your grandparents, friends of the family, you know, people that take you or pick you up for practice or take you home and you're not related to them. These people are helpful. Coaches, team moms, support system is number five. So make sure that you are looking for that support system. And there are people, unfortunately, who don't have a support system. They uh, come from a single parent home and money's tight and they don't always have that support system. And, you know, you don't have to have a support system. It is just one of our predictors of success. But even if you are struggling to find a support system, chances are there's one out there if you will work for it, if you will prove to the people around you that you are dedicated and focused, you will probably find more support than you think you have if you are doing the work to be successful. You know, when we see people, especially as a teacher or a coach, when I see people doing the work and doing everything they can to be successful, it motivates me as a coach and a teacher to help them. You know, I want to help them be successful. I want to put them in a position to be successful because I know they're doing everything they can and maybe I can help. And I know a lot of teachers and a lot of coaches who feel the same way, but they need to see that person doing their part. 
I'm a lot less inclined to go out of my way or inconvenience myself to help somebody who is not doing everything or mostly everything they can do to be successful. Number four, long-term planning. These people delay gratification. These people are willing to do the work today knowing that the competition isn't for months down the road. These are the kids who are doing, you know, I drove by my school the other day and I saw a bunch of cars out there in front of the gym. Pretty sure it was off-season football lifting. These are the kids who are doing the work in the summertime because they're going to be on the field in the fall doing that off-season work, knowing that it will help them when the time comes. Long-term planning. So do the work today, knowing that you're not going to get necessarily a reward today, but the reward is down the road. And are you willing to do that? Unfortunately, with the prevalence of um, social media and TikTok and Instagram and the instant gratification and calling uh, Uber Eats and having food delivered in you know, 20, 30 minutes and this instant gratification on demand, everything has really hurt our ability to be patient and put in the work. So long-term planning, I think, is a very important measure of success or predictor of success. Number three, and I said last time that I thought this could be easily number one, would be EIQ, emotional intelligence. Can you keep your emotions under control? And that's just not keeping your temper under control. That's keeping your joy under control. That's you know not being too excited when you know, things are going on and losing your focus because you're too happy or you're un unable to focus because you got too excited or you lost your temper, you're angry, and you can't refocus on the task at hand. We know a lot of uh, athletes out there are trash talkers, and what they're trying to do is get you out of your game. People with high EIQ can handle that. They can understand it. They can process it. They can move on from it. They don't let a bad quiz grade wreck their day. Yeah, they're going to be mad for a minute, two minutes, three minutes, completely normal, but they don't sulk over it for the next 48 hours or more because they didn't get what they wanted. They can uh, process it, move on, and refocus in a timely manner. That's just part of the functions of EIQ. But if you can control your emotions and not let your emotions control you, you're probably on the path to success. Okay, so that is the recap of the top 10. If you want more details on those or you... Uh, have a couple more questions about some of those, go back to parts one and two. So number two on our top 10 predictors of success, focus. Focus is without a doubt something that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people say that they're ADD or ADHD or whatever acronym they want to use. And they're like, well, I can't really pay attention. I can't focus for that long. I can't sit down and study when I need to. Well, see, that's a bit of a problem. You know, if you're always watching TikTok videos or, you know, 30-minute reels uh, of videos and, and not really focusing on what's going on or sticking to a plan, then you're going to struggle. If you can't sit down and do what needs to be done or be involved in paying attention for an entire practice, then you're not going to get the full benefits of that practice or that lesson. So you have to have the ability to sit down and focus. The good news is you can get better at this. With enough practice and enough conscious effort of, you know, when you get re when you get unfocused, refocusing, when you see that you're drifting off into la la land, then you 
take a breath, you pause and say, okay, I'm going to get back into this, and you keep doing that, you will rewire your brain over time. This isn't an immediate fix, but you will rewire your brain to stay focused. Every time you sit there and spend three hours going into a YouTube rabbit hole or TikToking, you're rewiring your brain in the opposite direction. So the ability to stay focused and the ability to stay on task or refocus yourself on task when you get distracted is a very big deal. It does matter. If you can't get the lesson or you can't listen to coach uh, at the end of the game when it's getting tight and there's been a timeout called for some sports and the coach is saying, hey, here's what we're going to do, but you're so tired and you're so uh, unfocused in terms of you're looking at the scoreboard instead of listening to the coach, you know, you have to be able to, to get that laser focus. There's a very popular uh, gif out there, gif out there, whatever you want to call it, where Tom Brady, when he was coaching the Patriots, he would yell at his teammates, laser focus, laser focus. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. You are focused in on the goal. You are doing what needs to be done. A hard part about this is as the day goes on, our ability to focus weakens. Focusing takes energy. It takes effort. And as the day goes on, and if you sat there in all your classes and you've made all these decisions and you've processed all this information, there's a certain amount of what we call cognitive fatigue. Sometimes call, people call it decision fatigue, that you have been making all these decisions and you've been kind of chewing on things with your brain all day. And it gets harder to focus as the day goes on. So people that try to study late at night when they're fatigued and they're tired and they're easily distracted, that's going to be hard. And I take it back to number seven with self-awareness. The other problem that I see a lot is people that are trying to be distracted. They're, they're going to talk like they want to be focused. They're going to talk like they're going to sit down and study. But at the end of the day, they have their phone next to them. And when they get that text message, the first thing they do is they answer it because they are waiting to be distracted. And then they will go down the text path. They will start texting people and carrying on full conversations. Conversations normally they wouldn't even do, but they're trying not to do their work. They have an inability to focus. I I've always make this joke in class that I say, how many of my students, I ask them, how many of them will go and look to talk to their parents, which we know a lot of teenagers don't like doing, They'll go and try to talk to their parents because they'd rather talk to their parents than do their homework. And a lot of hands in my room go up and a lot of giggling happens. But at the end of the day, that's an inability to focus. You're not able to focus in on what you want to do. So you are not focused on your goals, which means you're probably going to fall short. And again, the good news is, is you can develop this. You can practice this. It takes effort. It takes a conscious effort, you knowing what you're doing and understanding that you are going to lose focus, but the effort is in bringing yourself back. So if you can set a timer on your phone, which is not next to you, but it's on the other side of the room and you don't have notifications turned on and you can sit there and work and focus for 10 to 15 minutes, take a little bit of a break. I've always believed the 20 to 5 method, so 20 minutes of just uninterrupted work and effort you know, consciously and disciplined, not 
just going to YouTube and not just going on to Google and not going off in different directions, but just 20 minutes of solid work and then take a five minute break, then come back for 20. Some people like the 30 to 15, some people like 30 to 10, and that's fine. If you're spending most of your time working and coming back to the work after your scheduled break, chances are you're going to start developing better habits towards focusing. Number one, the number one predictor of success. Now, again, this is not intelligence. We've already talked about it. This is not emotional intelligence. We've already talked about it. This is not the ability to focus, not a support system. This is the number one predictor of success. And as I've said, these are kind of in order. So this is it. This is the one that will, above all others, help you be successful. Number one, the ability to do the work. Now, sometimes I say the ability to do hard work, but that's kind of understood. But the ability to sit down and do the work. How many of you have ever studied and you focused really well and you're really trying to do it, but you're struggling, whether it be some kind of advanced math or some kind of science thing, or maybe you're not necessarily an English person and you've read the chapter that's being quizzed the next day over and over again, uh, or this is some kind of drill or practice technique that the coach is asking the team to acquire, and you can't do it. You're struggling with it. You're, you're not getting it. It's not coming easy for you. You're having to do it over and over again. You keep messing up. But one, we want to focus and, and, and make this happen. But two, the ability to do the work. There is multiple paths to success. As this list says, we have 10 different predictors. But there's you know more than one way to the top of the mountain usually. But can you climb the mountain? Can you do the work? Can you do the practice that develops the skills, whether it's on the sport field or in the classroom or in your job? Can you do the work that is necessary to achieve your goals? The ability to do the hard work is the number one predictor of success. Now, in some cases, for some people, that's just showing up for practice. They show up for practice, they, they focus the entire time, and they develop the skills or you know, go into class. The ability to do the work. People that skip practice for any excuse and people that you know, miss school all the time because they don't want to be there, you know, they're not going to be successful because they're never learning how to do the work. So if you take parts one and two, the ability to do work and the ability to focus, whoo, you're already on your way. You are, I would say, you know, probably three-fourths of the way to your goal just because you're focused on your goal consistently and you're putting in the work. You're doing the process. You are acquiring skills, some skills you learn in one day, some skills it may take a week, some skills it may take an entire season, but you are doing the work and you're focused on your goals. You're going to keep your emotional intelligence and you understand that your true goals are down the road. You have a coach and a team that supports you. You're being smart about it. You're self-aware. You're educating yourself you're maintaining that balance and you're gaining experience every day, how could you fail? 
How could you fall short? Chances are you're probably not going to. You're probably going to achieve your goal. You're probably going to be, quote, successful, whether that's an an athletic measure, an academic measure, or a professional measure, or a relationship measure. You're doing all the things you can. Again, you don't have to do all 10 of these to be successful, but the more of these you're doing, the greater chances you're going to be successful. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, Again, I always try to keep them, you know, in that 20-minute range so uh, you can get on with your day and get to, you know, using some of these ideas and concepts in your day-to-day routine or day-to-day activities. If you have any questions, you can reach me at uh, relaxandgocoach at gmail.com or leave a comment if you're using a listening to me on a platform that allows you to send comments. I know a few of them are doing that now. So I appreciate you listening and keep your ears open for the next Relax and Go podcast. Uh, Until we uh, meet again, just relax and go.